Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, this is Kevin Kelly, and you are listening to the Stardom Cast. Hello guys and welcome to the Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things world-wondering stardom right here with me, your host Rob Gooden. I'm joined as ever by Matt Turner and the voice of New Japan Pro Wrestling, Kevin Kelly. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. It's um, it's great to be with you. I met uh, Matt a few months ago and, and we talked about this and and you know it's it again we're we're sort of uh together about wrestling in its whole but then when we get down and we start talking about you know our passion for the stardom brand it's like whoa and you know hey we'd love to have you on i was like let's wait to see what's going on because there's some good stuff coming down the pike and and now that we know that you know uh, november 20 we're all going to be together for crossover stardom and uh we're going to do be there live chris charlton and i are going to be there live on the floor of the Ariaki Coliseum to call to call the event. Uh, now's the perfect time to kind of rev up our engines and get ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. 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 And you would not believe how popular you have been, Kevin. I put out on Twitter and Patreon and all sorts about, have you got any questions for Kevin? And there are some fantastic questions ranging from, you know, your favorite food <laughs> all the way through to <laughs> your, you know, aforementioned um love of stardom and loads of stuff about new japan and everything but first things first um 
obviously I've just finished watching Royal Quest. Um, yes. And I was there live um, for night one. Unfortunately, I couldn't make night two because of work. But obviously you've done the commentary, you and Chris. I want to know that tag match, that main event, did it, obviously when you're there, you do get sucked into it and you do think everything is better than potentially it is. Did it translate as well to you watching it as it did to those people live? Did it come across as well? Well, again, I, I can't speak for the live, live experience. Well, no, no, I wasn't there, but from my point of view, watching it completely cold before we sat down to announce it, which is the way I do probably 90% of when I'm doing something uh, from home, you know, for, for New Japan, I try not to watch it. I always, you know, invariably know the spoilers uh, a little bit here or there, but I try not to watch it because I, I want to react or as organically as I can. Mm. And that match took me on a journey. I can't speak for what you felt. I can't speak for what anybody else felt, but I could speak for me, a 40 year fan, 31 years in the industry. I was taken on a ride with this match. Um, I've called, Many, many, many great singles matches uh, from uh, Okada, Tanahashi, Omega, Will Ospreay. The list goes on and on. Back in my day in Ring of Honor, I've never seen a tag match like this. I've never called a tag match like this. And it's the first time. And I remember Bubba Ray Dudley talking about in the early 2000s, him feeling, and justifiably so, that the tag teams were so good they could main event a WrestleMania. Well, yeah. That's a tag match that could main event a Wrestle Kingdom. That's how good that was. Wow. And I've um, that set a, a new standard. Mm. But I, again, it's not all FTR. No, and not by I've any singing, stretch. I've been singing the praises of Aussie Open since the first day I met them back four or five years ago. I'm telling you what, that match, it's a special pairing between those four guys. But Aussie Open is next level and they deserve as much credit as FTR does for what we saw in that main event tag. It is, uh, it is the best tag team match I've ever seen in my life live and in person. The only one that I could equate to it. And this is, you've got to go to those TLC matches. You've got to go to the Hardys, the Dudleys, Edge and Christian. Um, those pa pairings were absolutely electrifying. Um, but you've got to go back to like the 1980s. Mm. You've got to go back to Sergeant Slaughter, Don Carnoodle versus Steamboat oh, and Rick Young and Blood. Youngblood in the cage at Starcade. That's how far back you have to go to find like tag team wrestling that's that good. Now, the Midnight Express and, and the Rock and Roll Express were a magical pairing that oftentimes, especially on pay-per-views, were put into gimmicky situations. Mm. Sure. So they were yeah. never able to have just a traditional four on four great tag match, um, you know, two out of three falls or whatever. They were always limited by TV time or whatever. They could have done something like that because that that was always the reports that they got, like from the road. These guys just did this kind of thing every night. Um, but in the modern era, nothing else can touch it. And uh, they've set a new standard for tag team wrestling. And folks, that's saying something because Kevin did a lot of years in Ring of Honor, where the uh, 
the groundwork really for Ring of Honor and the backbone was on the tag tag division. You know, you call okay. a lot of great yeah. matches with the Briscoes, Kings of Wrestling, American Wolves, Future Shock, Young Bucks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so I didn't what... I didn't get to see that match yet. So I mean this is like the ultimate stamp of approval. So I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's worth your time. Um and and again, where you know, like those Ring of Honor matches that you mentioned, man, that's a great point. You know, the Briscoes, the Young Bucks. Um, that was one of the that was the greatest pairing of that era. Uh, mm-hmm. The Kings of Wrestling uh, were next level. Uh, the Young Bucks were able to do some incredible things. Um, you know, the best tag match that I had ever seen live. Well, I always said live, live, the Briscoes and, you know, that I called live the Bris- was the Briscoes versus uh, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett in Atlanta, two out of three falls. And it was an unbelievable, rugged, bloodied match that had everything you could want. Uh, and and this one between FTR and Aussie Open is the new clubhouse leader. I mean, oh, I'll go. be perfectly honest. Aussie Open, obviously, you know, FTR are huge industry names. And they put over Aussie Open huge at the end of this match. It's my first time seeing Aussie Open live. Um, the only time otherwise I'd seen them was... Coincidentally, Royal Quest uh, Royal Quest One against the Grills of Destiny, right. and even then I thought these two are special. And then obviously I think it was did Mark Davis go out with the injury? I think yeah, um, because it was like a couple well, months later, yeah, tore up his knee, ready to make his PWG debut. Absolutely, and, um, and warming up in the show and twisted his knee and blew out his ACL. It's such. It, it's the innocuous injuries that are always worse. I mean, Natsu Katora's injury against Utami last year, that was literally, she yeah. just jumped from the ring apron and ended up, and she's only just come back. She came back at the five-star final. So absolutely brutal. But yes, absolutely. If you haven't already gone out and see it, go out of your way to see it because it is, even seeing it live, you knew it was special. So definitely, definitely, definitely go and check it out. Just you mentioned, Kevin, about um, you go into, you know, especially when you're recording from home, you do a lot of um, a lot of it is just, you know, feel almost like what goes into your pre-show and match planning and show planning, um, you know, and how is it different doing the dubs at home to doing them live in the venue? Uh, not really very much. Um, I try to get my thoughts together of course and may jot a couple of things down and i have like somewhere here on my desk i have a collection of little scratchy pad notes Mm. which are just in poor handwriting that only i could read and it's one (laughs) you know one word Mm. um and 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 that will trigger when i used to when i started doing new japan so we just finished our seventh full year of live English commentary. Oh my god! Uh, for New Japan Pro Wrestling, can't believe it's and been that October, long. <laughs> yeah, October twelfth, twenty fifteen, was the first live show that was ever done in English on New Japan World, and it was King of Pro Wrestling. And when I got done with that, I realized right away, uh oh, I didn't know all that I needed to know, and so I really hit the books. I really studied hard. Uh, Chris Charlton's. Lions Pride book was a, a huge mm. uh, resource to understand the history of New Japan. And because, again, everybody's linked through trainers and mentors and the Senpai Kohai relationship. And generationally, something that happens in the now is linked to something in the past. So I needed to know the past. And learning the past 
now was able to help me take the audience on the journey and explaining to them why so-and-so wears this, why so-and-so wrestles like this. Then we began to now, of course, I'm starting to know it at at the cellular Mm. level to where it just becomes reflexive, instinctive. I don't need to write it out every time, but I remember it was Dominion in 2018. So it was the middle of the summer show at Osaka Joe Hall. And I'm getting ready to sit down to do commentary. And I had my notes on my phone. And I probably had written about, oh, there were eight or nine matches, let's say. And I probably had written 10 or 12 pages. Um, a little more than one page for the bigger matches and, and three or four paragraphs for the openers. Mm. Okay. So I sit down and I go to access my file but I didn't save it to be able to access it without uh, a web connection. And I didn't have a web connection. I can't get my notes. Oh my God. Well, luckily I'd written my notes and I was able to remember all of the important things that I had written and I got through the whole show. So at that point I crossed a a line for me and I was like, okay, good. (laughs) If the worst thing happens, and I can't access my notes. I'm not just going to sit here for four hours ago. I'm going to hum and a hum and a hum and a hum. I was man. able to. I was able to get through it. And and over the time, then you know, you start paring down what you write. You don't need to write as much. And now it's it's a keyword. It's a it's a phrase. Um, and I do benefit because Chris Samsa at the Chris Samsa on Twitter and SporterProWrestling.com sends me statistical notes. So he'll sit there and he'll time things. And he can tell me that so-and-so has been in the ring for, you know, his average win time is 21 minutes and 30 seconds. And I'm like, okay. So I drop those little nuggets in, Mm. usually on the entrance, usually before they lock up, just to give the the audience a feel Mm. as to if there is an outcome this way, statistically, we might be able to look back and say, well, here's the reason why. And then if it doesn't happen, then it goes against the trend or the statistics or whatever. So-and-so's lost uh, his last eight singles matches. Okay. Does that mean he's due for a win or does that mean he's cursed and he's never going to win? Yeah. It, it, it always then will play out in the result of the match. Um, so between that, between those types of notes uh, and, and just knowing the product so well, now I'm at the point where I could just sit down with one written word. Now for stardom, I'm going to have a whole ton of notes. <laughs> yes. That's the next question. <laughs> because I'm a fan and and I follow it, but this is this is new for me broadcasting it. So I'm going to make sure that I have everything in front of me and then I'm going to write it all and then do my best to try to parse it down um, over time. But I'm going to be over-prepared now because I know if I go in with the same level of prep that I need to do for New Japan Pro Wrestling, I won't do as good a job as I will. So I'll be leaning on, you know, experts and people who know the product much more than I do uh, to make sure that I have everything that I need to make sure that uh, November 20 comes out as good as possible. So the idea of this show is to invite new fans into stardom. Mm curiosity seekers people that are they're seeing the marketing going okay i'll check this out because i've never heard of it before you know the team of 
Zach Saber Julia. Just to me, sounds so cool. That name is so. I got to. I've got to see. I've got to see. I, I want to find out who the first ever champion is. Oh, I remember Kyrie from from um, WWE. I want to see what she's doing now. You know mm-hmm. that type of thing. I've heard about this. I've seen the picture of of Starlight Kid. I want to see what what all the hype is about. And how do I say what is it? Siuri, yeah, sure, it's Shuri. Okay, the app okay. on your phone. <laughs> but those are, those are uh, the types of fans that we'll be bringing in, mm. and they they'll know a little bit, they'll know a lot. So I'm going to make sure that everybody gets what they want out of this show because the visual is going to take care of itself. Uh, let's be honest. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Wrestling, what, yeah. wrestling when it's great, it doesn't really need commentary. Commentary <laughs> is there to be, it's the assist, it's the salt. Mm-hmm. It adds to the flavor of what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, it's not even a side dish. It's just, it's just there to enhance what's being presented before your eyes. Yeah, the buzz upon stardom in the last, you know, year, year and a half has just been absolutely, I mean, phenomenal. I mean, the numbers speak for itself. I mean, they have over 200% growth from year to year in a year where they had their best year last year. Now, you you know, obviously they're both under the Bushi Road banner and you're putting a super hot product like New Japan and teaming Stardom together. And we're even getting, even before the show in November, we're getting a little bit of ap- uh, an appetizer in two weeks in New York City with the Rumble on 44th Street. So that's going to uh, be, a, yeah. And, and, and again, it's an opportunity. And, and Stardom uh, had a relationship, you know, with Ring of Honor, so they came and did the uh, the G1 Supercard, uh, and it was a, a a great coming out party uh, for them. So I know Ian is very Ian Riccoboni is very familiar with Stardom, and ho- called the uh, Hannah Kimura Memorial Show and 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 did the matches at at MSG. So he's going to be handling the play by play on those tag matches, uh, uh, you know, that night from New York, and it's going to be great to see how. Um, they do in that spot and what type of reception they get, but I have a feeling it's going to be tremendous. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're not going to, they'll knock it out of the park for sure. I think they'll take advantage of the situation because they're going to be on such a bigger stage, you know, and they want to get the market over here in the United States. I mean, that's, I think that's, you know, me and Rob talk about it pretty much every week that that's a market that I think once they tap into, I think that's going to, because there's nothing like it. There's nothing like in the United States, like stardom. There really, really isn't. Um, and it's and and no disrespect to any other women's uh, women's centric promotions or any other wrestling promotions that have a women's division, but just the this is the best of the best of a better system. Sure, it goes back to the system and how the girls are trained from the time where they are young and how they're developed in and they become good wrestlers and then they learn how to become stars and they you know get this presence and this presentation that's second to none uh so you look at you know somebody like a sayakamitami who comes from being in show business and you know a singer dancer at those situations are rare most of the time it's the girls who come up much like they have in, in europe with the juniors programs in the uk where the guys start wrestling at eight nine ten years old and they're making their pro debuts at 14. And by the time they're in their mid-20s, they're already a 10-year pro. So it's obvious why they're more seasoned. The New Japan Pro Wrestling Dojo, it's a it's a system. They, You'll see them, they'll be in the dojo for a year. And we haven't even, they're not even allowed to go to shows. They're not even allowed to be ringside attendance yet. And, and until they master the fundamentals. Yeah. And then when they've mastered the fundamentals 
and they've been on they've been attending shows, then maybe they might just get a chance to wrestle. So um, and and that process takes four to five years before they come back from an excursion, uh, sometimes longer. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then and then they're, you know, in their late 20s and they're established already. But uh, obviously the system works and, and it's the reason why stardom is the best. Absolutely. Yeah, even I think at Azumi started training what age nine or ten, Rob? Uh, something like, like that, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've seen the pictures of the first training class where it was like Mayu, Arissa, and then Azumi. It's just like, wait, that's that's Azumi? It's like she just turned 21 just uh, about two right. weeks ago or 20. Mm-hmm. I think it was 20 uh, just a few weeks ago. It's like, yeah, she's been wrestling 10, 11 years. I'm like, that blows blows my mind. Like my daughter is going to be going to college soon in a year. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should have trained her for wrestling because I'm watching Azumi <laughs> at, her, at her age. And, you know, Hanan and Starlight Kid and Suzu Suzuki. I was like, Am I doing the right thing here by tenor art school, or should I send it to should I send it to Japan? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Again, it's 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 a uh, it's part of the culture, and uh, kids over there kind of determine a little bit earlier uh, what they want to do, and so they they have tracks, and they'll go into you know special educational programs built around. You know, look at what Okada did. Okada was basically able to get a waiver saying he didn't go to have to go to high school because Amazing. he wanted to. And, and, and again, they start really 10th grade. So 16 years old and he didn't have to go to his final years of school. He passed all his tests. He showed he could get his, you know, what, whatever they call it, high school diploma, I guess. And then uh, basically didn't have to go to high school because he wanted to start his wrestling training. So that happened to my grandfather, but that was in the fifties. That's only because my great grandfather wanted to have him get, get in a carpentry. <laughs> right. So kind of similar, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's a trade. It really is. It's yeah. not, it's not that dissimilar. You know, they'll have Votech schools here in the U S uh, and, and kids could start to train for carpentry, electrical, plumbing, HVAC. Uh, they could go to culinary and they could start to do that when they're in high school. And they could start to work and whatever. That's they've they've made a decision on what they want to do for their careers. And most of the the rest of us just wander aimlessly. I go get a you know worthless communications degree, which all worked out. But um, it, it, it's a uh, it's a different methodology of teaching and uh, development of skills uh, that that lends itself to a stardom product here. You know, for our conversational purposes. That makes the difference between good and great. Mm. And that's really what's what we're talking about here. The difference between good and great. Yeah. Speaking as someone obviously who, you know, is familiar with Bushi Road and obviously the way they work and obviously their targets, do you think we are going to inevitably see a lot more shows where stardom are going to be not necessarily piggybacking on especially like New Japan Strong and things like that, New Japan of America, do you think we're going to see more international, especially with the formation of the IWGP Women's Championship, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a moment when we have a look at historic crossover. Do you think it's inevitable that that's going to happen? Oh, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Uh, I think that just the worldwide demand for stardom is going to bring about the uh, desire to have... Uh, the stars of stardom competing on shows in America Mm. under uh, either the new Japan, uh, you know, new Japan pro wrestling and JPW of America brand of worldwide. Uh, We'll see. I'm sure that 
by the time Royal Quest 3 would roll around. Uh, we will see, uh, I have a feeling that we would see Stardom compete there as well. I, it, there probably won't be a big show. And, and depending on where they are in their calendar, mm. like, for example, the five-star Grand Prix runs concurrently with the G1, starts a little later, ends after it's done. Uh, as we get towards the tail end of the G1 competition, why couldn't we have, you know, uh, a little feel for the five-star Grand Prix take place at the Nippon Budokan during the final nights uh, of the G1 Climax Tournament? Sure, Rio it, it, yeah, this is just this is a this is a red block match, the blue block match, but uh, the, and the tournament will continue, mm. blah blah blah. But there isn't any restriction. There isn't any reason why uh, it won't happen. Yeah, kind of to piggyback off uh, what Rob said a little bit. Obviously, um, we have a, uh, Access TV has an hour block of New Japan, um, which you know because you, you're, you're on the call. Um, <laughs> right. Is there any plan of maybe Access TV getting another, uh, Bush or getting maybe another hour and giving that to stardom or a half an hour or something like I, that? I don't know, but that's a hell of an idea. Uh, I think that, again, and I've said this before and I'll say it here too, If I think that stardom – getting a, a television deal in the United States is more likely at this point than New Japan Pro Wrestling hmm. because of how unique and different it is. Um, the I, I, I don't mean it in terms of, oh, well, this means they're going to start in six months. Hmm. No, I just mean because the product is so unique, that if I'm a television executive and if I'm looking at stardom versus anything else that's put in front of me, I might give it a second look because of how of think about what it is, the costuming, the look, the pageantry, the presentation, the wrestling, wrestling. bell to bell. It's as good as it gets. And they're stars and they're different. Wow. And they're all so young. And, and these girls are very marketable. So I would see it just from a, this is something new. This is something we need to see uh, aspect in terms of the American television audience. So, yeah, yeah if if uh, access is, you know, willing to invest, then it would do well for them. It, whomever is willing to invest, it would do well for them. And and then it could be the situation <laughs> where New Japan is kind of picking off the piggybacking off the success <laughs> of Starbucks. Star- yeah, it, it's a, that's where that symbiotic relationship works. Now, if you got uh, – well, obviously with the Access TV show, they would need um, – if they were to get that deal or any deal, they would need English commentary. If you got tapped on, you and Chris Charlton, to do that, would you – the two of you be able – you know, want, willing and be able to fit that into your schedule, you know, fitting in a, a second company like that? Oh, of course. We'll make it work. <laughs> that was a slam dunk. That was yeah, a slam dunk. I pitched him a softball. I pitched him a softball. No, it's, it, it'd be awesome. We would love it. But I think – I think that that startup needs a woman's voice. Yeah. So yeah. I, I would like I, I have a, a you know woman in mind that, you know, Karen Peterson, who writes uh, for. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's fantastic and knows everything about it. She's got a great personality. I think she would do really well. Mm. So a combination of me, her and Chris, I think could hit it out of the park. Um, and I think it would be great. We we're definitely are going to have we're working on a female voice to join us. Uh, for historic crossover uh, and it would it would it, somebody uh, that is on the current roster of stardom who speaks enough English to be able to sit and do it with us. And there's a few. 
Yeah. Uh, but I think we could we could make it work. Yeah, absolutely. It's exciting, exciting stuff. Yeah. Um. So obviously, Kevin, you've said you're a fan of the product, and um, we've had questions on Twitter. You know, who are your standouts at the moment? Who are your favorites, and who do you think are going to be future major stars? Uh, that's from Rock on Twitter, by the way. Good question, Rock. Uh, what grabbed me for stardom first was the high speed matches with Natsupoi and Starlight Kid. Those were the ones that grabbed me first uh, just from a wow, I was blown away at how good it was. And whenever you whatever you you're in a, a you know, you're defending a championship called the high speed title and it's like, OK, what kind of wrestling are we going to see? And it, it was top level high speed matches. Uh just wonderful, amazing. And so they were the first two that I kind of gravitated towards. And then, you you know, I had seen, of course, Julia, and I had seen Sayakamitami, and I had called their matches, and I go, okay, these are stars. Uh, and then Utami Hayashista and uh, Shuri's, their Shuri matches last year mm. were as good as it gets. Um, every bit deserving of all the match of the year contendership they had uh so those really you know uh got me um trying to think so sure uh, uh saya won the cinderella last year mm-hmm. yeah, and that was yes. kind of that was where i jumped in kind of watching all the stuff um <laughs> uh, and who did she beat in the, in the finals Micah. of that micah yes and micah had injured her leg mm. And I was I was just impressed with that, like the endurance and the power that she shows. And then, and you know, so I'm kind of watching then the one two camera house show shoots and and just seeing that whole presentation. Even a lady C who's you know coming up through the Love ranks lady and C. and yeah. you know <laughs> she you, always Kevin. loses. And I'm I'm praying you know, hey, come on, maybe this is the time she gets the win. Ah, <laughs> and then the the younger girls coming in. Um, where I kind of get a little bit uh, lost is when the girls come in from other promotions because mm. I don't follow the other promotions as well. So I have to play catch up on figuring out who they are from from I, I can't even pronounce. I'm, I don't even know if I'm accurately pronouncing some of the names of the other promotions correctly. You know, seed <laughs> um, uh I'm like, how do you say that? What is that? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's part of the learning curve when you're becoming a stardom fan is you find one thing that you like, you jump into that. Then you start to, you know, spread out and go to stardom world.com and watch the different shows and go, okay, I like this. I like that. And I've seen this and I've seen that. Um, and, and the, just some of the rise of the young girls in, in the tag division has been great mm. over the past year. Uh, so I'm very excited to see where, where all of this can go. But I mean, the, the top of the card of every stardom show is, is super solid and, you're going to get a surprise every now and then, you know, not everything is you're going to get upsets and you're going to get time limit draws and you're, it, it makes it difficult to predict what is going to happen. But uh, yeah, in terms of becoming a fan, it's pretty easy. You just kind of turn it on and watch and find something that you like and then go from there. 
Yeah, mispronouncing names and uh, other promotions is half the fun on our podcast. <laughs> I just gave it yeah. to him. Well, there you go, buddy. That's all you. <laughs> help me, Rob. Help me. I need help. Yeah. We have, we have an entire segment on the podcast called Rob Mispronounces Joshi Names, so I wouldn't worry. <laughs> just especially the new blood shows that they've started running with um, younger stars from other promotions, which is a fantastic idea, by the way, streaming them free on YouTube. Um, putting a spotlight on those, you know, that are just coming through the ranks, which is, again, absolutely fantastic. But whenever the cards are announced, I look at them and go, oh, for God's sake. I'm just like the 15 <laughs> syllable names. I'm like, oh, God, they're all going to laugh at me. But yeah, yeah. I, I do agree. <laughs> I've had the hardest time. I've had the hardest time with Utami Hayashista. It's just, it gets stuck in the roof of my mouth and I can't push it through. When, uh, right before I'm ready to record the uh, handful of shows I did solo, I would literally, right before I hit the record button, I go, Mayu Iwatani, Mayu Iwatani, Mayu Iwatani. But like, I'm such an encouraging co host, and no matter what Rob says, he's like, oh, I'm going to butcher this. And no matter what he says, Ken, I'm like, you nailed it. Exactly. You nailed <laughs> it, no buddy. Idea. You nailed it. Rob, give me no one, Rob, give me one that you struggle with. Come on. Um, what was the one I str- um I, I must admit, it took me 20 episodes of our podcast until someone very, very nicely on our Discord said that I'd been saying Mayu wrong because I've been calling her Mayu, um, and I'd got Utami wrong because I was calling her Utami Hayashishista, which was just too many syllables in her name. And then, yeah, when it comes to um, when it comes to the New Blood shows, every single name I get wrong. And then I try and go to uh, the We Are Stardom website, which, of course, isn't in English, but website translates and then it comes up with obviously so for example um, hazuki comes up as um autumn something because that's what the the english translation is which yes. doesn't help me in the slightest when i'm it trying to pronounce names yeah um but yeah the, i'll be honest at least three names i'm all right with the stardom roster now which, you know, is good for the host of a stardom podcast, I suppose. But, um, <laughs> so, yeah, you'd hope that's sort of the very basics. But, um, yeah, in terms of everyone else that comes in from Japanese promotions, I just sort of grit my teeth and just say a name and hope that it's somewhere close. Um, <laughs> I'll say this, though, about not only our fan base, but just really stardom in general. Like, if we get something wrong or we're not sure of, mm-hmm. like, everybody's so helpful. Like, mm-hmm. I, like literally, we'll, we'll record a podcast Something that I'm not sure of. I'm like, hey, can somebody help me out with this? I will get a message almost immediately. And everybody is so helpful. And Kevin, you know, the wrestling business can be very, very negative. The fans can be very, very negative. In my almost two years of being a fan of stardom, I have not come across one negative or toxic fan. It's like it, it reminds me very much of when Ring of Honor first started in 02 that everybody was just, they'd want, this is like the little engine that could. Like this is, yes. everybody's just pulling for it. And that's one of the many things I love, not only just about the podcast, it's just, you know, the uh, just the, the our listeners are just so helpful, but just the fans in general are just so positive because they just want to see this, see this grow. You and know, it's, 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 it's how great. I've made, that through that community is how I've made so many friends uh, via New Japan. And that, because again, talking about uh, something that has been written by a fan, uh, whether, you know, Voices of Wrestling.com does a great job always of, of sharing and inviting new people in uh, and post wrestling as well and getting to, to read and kind of introduce myself to those people, their opinions and, and what they think, uh, and then talking about it on the shows. And then I'll run across that, you know, they'll come to a Wrestle Kingdom or I'll see them somewhere and they'll introduce themselves to me like, oh, my God, it's so nice to put a, 
you know, faced with a name. And, uh, you know, that's how I became friends with Karen and, and the other Karen, Karen Murray and, and Issa, who's doing uh, photography now all over Japan and is published in Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I just had coffee with Issa on Saturday before I came before I came home. And it's a uh, it's wonderful to be able to uh, make friends out of this. And it, yeah, it's a wonderful community uh, that that is around something that we all love. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great. Um, one of the things that quite a few people have um, asked us about, obviously, is your chemistry with Chris Charlton. Um, and obviously, I'm a longtime viewer of New Japan. You know, you've had great relationships with Don Callis, with uh, Steve Carino, with Gino, who I love. I think he's great. Um, but I think you and Chris are sort of, I think you and Chris work so well together um, because you've just got fantastic chemistry. And I've got a couple of questions from our Patreon, um, but sure. I'll split them in two. Um, so Plug Pedro says, you and Chris tend to really blend stardom conversation into some shows when you guys do commentary. Is that more of a company order, keeping people tuned in, a topic of discussion? What is it? That we, are, we are told nothing. We are okay. told <laughs> there is nothing that we cannot say or talk about. I have no voices in my ear. I don't have a producer. I produce the shows myself. Chris and I produce our what we say ourselves. Oh, okay. Uh, so we might, I might say, and sometimes uh, we'll talk about it like the other night. Uh, for example, we're doing Cork and Hall. And I said on the air, we'll talk about, uh, you know, there's, you know, we'll, we'll let's talk a little bit about uh, Stardom Crossover as soon as, we get the, the conclusion of this match. Now it's a, a six or an eight man that's going on and Toriano's in the ring and he goes over and he takes off the neutral corner pad. <laughs> well, I didn't, I, I didn't think about that when it happened. Uh, but so it takes a few moments for them to put the corner pad back on. And so we just had this natural little window, this little donut that was perfect <laughs> for us to be able to talk about something in that spot. And so we had, we had just, filled in the gap there and it, it's just it's organic mm. and and through its organic nature uh we are going to talk about whatever whenever we feel like it and such is the case you know this past uh this past weekend this past saturday uh that i was able to find a time and a place to be able to you know put something in that was topical mm. and that but yeah we can we can mention any stuff anytime. We talk about other promotions. We make jokes. We crack ourselves up because sometimes it's inside <laughs> jokes, you know, um, which which always, you know, so it'll pop us and everybody's like, what are they talking about? Um, but, yeah, I try to make Chris laugh as much as possible because he has a really infectious laugh. And when he starts <laughs> laughing, it's hard for him to stop. So I, I just generally try to say whatever nonsense I can to make him giggle. And then you can hear it coming out in his voice. <laughs> what was it like working with, uh, you talking about laughing and trying to maybe not to crack. What was it like working with Don Callis? Because to me, he was like Bobby Heenan of this generation. Like I grew up on the Heenan and Monsoon. That To me, that's the most entertaining <laughs> comedy, commentating on all the sports, not just wrestling, on all the sports. And like to this day, me and my friend, you know, I have a lot of friends that I grew up with. We'll quote, we'll get random texts from random things Heenan said on commentary. And Don Callis very seems like he's much like that. Did he ever... I mean, it seemed like he would try to get you to break or just everybody to break. Did he ever get, get you to break? Of course. 
constantly. <laughs> it just be, you know, silence. And I'm, I just have my head down and I'm just trying not to, we, at, none of that was pre-planned. He would say something that would be outrageous. I would call him on it. He'd have a comeback. Uh, I serve him up. I serve him up and he hits him out. That's what I did with Carino as well. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and uh, working with Steve for as long as we did in, in ring of honor at some of the shows that we had to call, which were, you know, woof. Some of them were, some were great and some were not so great. Uh, you know, <laughs> sure. and it's like, okay, uh, how are we going to entertain ourselves during this one? <laughs> so through our, uh, through our zest to be able to try to make ourselves laugh, you know, hopefully we made a, a more entertaining uh, product. I got to open this window guys. Keep talking. Please. No, it's no absolutely fine. Um, <laughs> I mean, the other thing, that sort of piggybacking on that point, Dane, also on our Patreon, he said about obviously the chemistry between you and Chris, and he just says, was the chemistry between you two automatic or was it something you had to really work at? Uh, no, it wasn't automatic like it was with Carino and with Don. Uh, Chris did not come from the wrestling background that those two did mm. or that Gino did. so. Chris needed to find a role and, and Chris, his kind of fallback position was to sort of do play by play and not be an analyst. And I think part of it was just him trusting himself and his point of view needed to develop. Then once, once we got that point of view and what are his strengths? Well, his obvious strengths are his incredible uh, you know, spoken word uh, brilliance as a published author and having him to translate on the fly and also explain the backgrounds of the who's and the why's of what's happening just sort of lends itself into these are Chris's strengths. Let's lean into those strengths and let's make a, a quality broadcaster out of them. It, it took a little while, but we've gotten there. We just had to dial into what his role was and then we weren't competing for each other you know competing with each other for the same point of view no chris this is what you do well this is what i do well i steer the ship let me steer it i'll put you in the best position possible to be successful yeah. i'm kind of that point guard in basketball i'll just dish i'll just dish and i'll just keep the offense going mm. um I'm going to make sure that, you know, the playmakers look great and I'm going to get the credit for being the assist guy. That's all I need to do. I just I want to make sure that it's the best where it needs to be. And if we're we're off base and we need to circle back, then I'll get us back to where we need to be. And then we can start from this point forward uh, with telling the, the narration of the story. You can feel it. You can start to feel it. It's like, hey, we're kind of getting off the beam here. Let me let me take the wheel and, and get us back into the lane. Uh, and then we can go from there. Yeah. Um, and on the back of commentary, I'm sure you know where this is going, Gavin, but um, we've had a lot of questions about the return of English commentary to stardom, um, whether it's just in general or whether it's for historic crossover. And obviously we've talked a little bit about historic crossover. Um, Nathan Yolovich, just straight out, do you see Bushy Road getting stardom English commentary back on a regular basis? So Yes, I, I do. Oh, okay. I absolutely, I do. Uh, I think that it's a, um, it's a little bit of a complex situation, but when you've got 
stardom mm-hmm. and their television contract kind of thing and and their they've got their own line items in the budget and then you've got New Japan Pro Wrestling and their partnership with TVSI and their you know everybody's okay so we're doing our thing Bushiroad's doing our thing over it is is Bushiroad so New Japan Stardom Bushiroad on top who's going to pay for it and where is it going to air that's where we're at right now just and and everybody is is now willing to go okay cuz at first it w- with even just New Japan it was well, who's paying for this? Is it New Japan? Is it TV site? Because that's a, New Japan World is a partnership of theirs. Mm. You know what I mean? And and it takes a little while just to figure it out. And they figured it out. Now everything's great. Somebody's mowing their grass across the street. <laughs> it's October. Do they not know, know who you're on with, Kevin? Yeah, <laughs> really. I got to close. <laughs> I got to close it. I got to close the window. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so that's. That's why uh, it hasn't happened sooner. And it, I think part of where the the websites are and how much, you know, they can carry and what their bandwidth is, plus who's going to who's going to produce the show and, and how's that going to be done. All of that is going to be worked out. But I think, again, there'll be tremendous success with historic crossover. Yeah. And then at that point, it's going to be all right. We need to make this happen. Let's make it happen. That was kind of going to be my. Chris and I are ready to go. We're ready to go at any time. Uh, you want to use you want to use Stuart Fulton? That's fine. Go right ahead. Mm. I don't care as long as we're getting English commentary for Stardom because that's how it's going to grow. If you look at the Google Trends, you look at how um, when when New Japan Pro Wrestling was cooking along and it's still you know here, and then all of a sudden New Japan World starts and English commentary starts. English commentary now starts. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, you had Kenny Omega and you had big stars like that. I get it. But zoom to the top. Well, that same trajectory is going to happen with stardom. And I think it could supersede, you know, some of New Japan's peaks Hmm. uh, in terms of where, you know, the analytics will show. Um, But get this first one under our belts. It'll be a big success. And then we'll go from there. So with that being said, Kevin, um, well, obviously, the new japan world app do you think that there was going to eventually be a stardom world app that'll make things a lot more accessible and shows getting uploaded a lot faster i hope so i that obviously is where it needs to be you know again when when english commentary was getting started there were still a lot of one camera shoots for events uh for new japan events and we weren't adding english commentary to it now we add english commentary to everything that's recorded and not everything is live live but that's only because I'm not living in the country. Um, you know, I live in the U.S. If I was there all the time, I would, you know, there would be a lot more live English commentary because I could do the shows by myself. Uh, I've proven that. That's that's not the issue. And I, I think that it's a uh, – it'll be – they need – we need a new website. We need, you know, we need to be able to stream live, whether it's through – uh, you know, an existing platform or uh, I, I again, I don't know how their site, you know, Stardom Dash World is built. So I don't know if it's it's capable of doing that. Will we integrate more onto YouTube? Will however they're going to do it, it's going to happen. You talked about the trends, Kevin. I mean, 
if you want to expand into a Western audience, then naturally you would need to start the English commentary because naturally more people are going to be accessible, you know, are going to access it because the information is being given to you. If you are a new fan, yes, you completely understand that it's phenomenal wrestling that you're watching. But if you don't know the stories between Tam and Julia, or you don't know the stories between Suri and Julia, then there's only so much that you can get in as a casual. So if you could, if we can get more commentary, um, even if it's on the big shows for now, you know, the big pay-per-view shows, then I think that's going to be a huge, huge success. And you've talked about right. live streaming it, as well, which is really important. As great, as great as Tam and Julia were, you know, without the English commentary, being able to explain their history and how far it goes back and, you know, all their ups and downs, uh, then it's not, we don't get that uh, passion mm. and that must have and that conversational fodder. And, and we want to get people in the community you know, it does go back to our to our community of fans and friends that that we talk with each other and, and point them in the right direction of where they're going to find other people like them who are neophytes and new and just jumping on board with Sardom. And you want to learn more. Here's where you need to go. Uh, you know, and pointing them to, to this podcast will be, you know, very beneficial because it's a you know, it's a look at everything that's going on, a little bit of humor, a little bit of fun. And we can again grow because of the relationships that we have with guys like you and with others to to make sure that new fans that are coming on board stay with it and are passionate and following it on a must-watch basis as opposed to jumping in once twice a year for the big shows wwe has a ton of casual fans and they come in royal rumble season and then they'll watch wrestlemania and they'll dip out it's exactly what i do exactly what i do yeah and 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 that's fine but if you're if you want to be uh, if you're really into it and you really like it and now all of a sudden you're wanting to get up at four o'clock in the morning in you know, in the middle of May to watch a show, it's like, what is what is happening all the life? time? Yeah, yeah what, and, what is going on? And Rob's in England. So I'll be like, am I waking him up? Am I but like even with Wrestle Kingdom, like Wrestle Kingdom is on my par for like Christmas. It's like I'm the biggest Christmas yeah. fan when Wrestle Kingdom is just like. Oh, it's Wrestle Kingdom Eve. I got to get up at three, four o'clock in the morning. And the same thing literally happens with with the stardom pay-per-views, with the with the live stream. And not only do I enjoy watching it live, whether it's two, three, four o'clock in the morning, the one day at the five star came on eleven o'clock at night. I'm like, that's really gonna throw my sleep schedule off. I thought I had to get up at three. But what's nice is interacting with the fans all over the world on Twitter. And then that's another great thing with the fans of, of this podcast and stardom in general on a daily basis, me and Rob, again, I, I'm in the States, Rob's from England. That's, this is what brought us together is the fact that we are love for stardom. And he started this podcast, you know, a few years ago, we talked to people from Japan, from France, from Brazil, and just, it's one of the, just the many fantastic things. It's, it's, well, yeah, I mean, Kevin, you know, better than anybody, wrestling is a universal language. And right. that's, you, you know, what you were saying, what you just said a few minutes ago about having this podcast help people into stardom. Literally, our mission statement is we want to want as many people as possible to watch stardom because to us, it's the best wrestling, not women's wrestling. And I know Rob will agree with me and a lot of our listeners will agree with me. It's the best wrestling that's out there. And that's no slight on New Japan or WWE or AEW. I love all of pro wrestling, Noah. I watch all that. But to me, my favorite wrestling going on right now is happening over in the stardom ring. Yeah. And there, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's it's so funny that one of the things that I look forward to the most when I saw that, uh, you know, Tom Lawler was going to be in the G1 was that Tom and I would be able to talk about stardom on a regular basis. <laughs> Huge fan, uh, yeah. and, and as it turned out, we we uh, traveled together on the bus 
And so we wound up talking about every wrestling that there is, was, or ever has been, you know, f- French wrestling. Uh, we did a deep dive on that on the bus. <laughs> and we're looking back and watching clips of French wrestling from like the 60s going, oh, my God, how did they learn this? And then you you go back and you read and it's like, OK, there was, uh, you know, some Lucha influence and there was some World of Sport influence. But uh, it became like this hybrid system of its own. And French wrestling was really, really big in like the 19, early 1900s all the way through uh, the war and continued on through the 50s. You know, there are four or five promotions alone running in Paris. And and so Tom and I are like it, just nerds about this stuff uh, and nerds about stardom. So we were enjoying all of it. Now we know what we need to do to get Tom Lawler on the show, Rob. We got to tell him we'll talk about French wrestling from the sixties. Yeah, French wrestling. Research. <laughs> That'll be the hook. And and and, and stardom. Yeah, yeah that'll be the hook. He can talk your ear off about stardom. Um, just another couple of questions. One that I wanted to ask actually. Obviously, he did a lot of commentary with special guests during the G One. Um, aside from Tom, who I think probably was at least up there in your favorites. Who else did you really enjoy? doing commentary with because it obviously you have a relationship with Chris you can sort of you know you understand that bounce that but having different people every night that must be quite challenging especially people with different personalities as well yeah just different uh it's always fun everybody's good in their own way uh you know Lance Archer had done a lot of commentary when he wasn't wrestling uh post back injury a few years ago he did commentary in in Texas and and I knew that because he was working with Rich Bikini, who's a good friend of mine. So I knew that he knew what to do. And and with his knowledge and history of being in Japan for so long and the backgrounds of the stories that he has, which are different than Chris's. So uh, I knew to lean into that. Then I was, you know, having Chase Owens is always a lot of fun. And, and Chase is different. You know, Chase is more of that kind of that Southern heel, cool, which it's, so some of that personality comes out. But then it's uh, I couldn't get I couldn't get Chase. So I needed somebody and I got Jonah. And yeah, uh, so I got I grabbed Jonah at the last second and he was willing to do it and sat down and hit it out of the park because he's again, these they they just come out. And if if they have a love of pro wrestling, they're going to share it. Mm -hmm. And whatever your viewpoint is, whatever you were watching, whatever you grew up on just integrate some of that. I'm going to ask direct questions that are easy to answer and, and keep the action going. But I want to hear from who's sitting next to me and, and help them get over on the mic. It's all it is, is I just try to get everybody over. And if I get you over, uh, calling your match or having you sit with me, then mission accomplished. Uh, awesome. that's, that's what I want. Uh, and and it, it always works. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at the fourth law on Twitter has a question about the IWGP women's title. So obviously we'll steer things towards historic crossover. Um, how do you see the new IWGP women's title to, uh, being integrated into new Japan shows? Will we see a defense on every pay-per-view like the other titles uh, matches to build up feuds? Um, and basically they hope it's going to have significant screen time on new Japan um, programming. What's your sort of thought on this? I'm not sure yet. I've thought about it a lot. And mm. I think that if it is, I would say like this, it you can guarantee that it would be focused on and defended on big shows. Mm. So when we're looking at the night of a New Japan Cup final, Dominion, 
you know, the uh, the April pay-per-view, whatever name that might be, which is historically a Ryogoku. Um, the night of the finals of the G1, King of Pro Wrestling or Declaration of Power, and then Wrestle Kingdom. So maybe five or six times a year, I would say guaranteed. I would be very, very confident in saying that it would, you'll see it defended on big shows. Mm. But will it also be defended on Sardom shows, on their pay per view shows? Probably. I would say yes. Would it be defended at big events like Royal Quest or big pay per view events in the United States? Why not? Sure. Absolutely. Could it be defended on AEW? Well, sure. I mean, why not? Mm. Um, I could see all of those things happening and and not to the point of saturation to where uh, it's going to be difficult because, again, that's a lot of singles matches for whomever the champion might be and a lot of opportunities, you know, to lose. Uh, so we want to make sure that we, you spread them out and they're, they're special and they're built towards. But um, I think that it would be featured six to eight times a year, very comfortably. And we'll see how the schedule might expand from there. Mm. Kevin, give us a uh, kind of piggyback. Off of it. Give us a prediction. Who do you think is going to be in that final for the IWGP championship? And who do you think is going to be the, uh, the first champion? Now we, it's been said before the first defense is going to be at wrestle kingdom. Right. So uh, we are getting that, but uh, I know me and Rob is speculating. I think we kind of have the same final. We just want to see maybe if, uh, if you agree with us or if you're kind of maybe thinking outside the box of, who the uh, final and first champion is going to be. Well, I saw Jazzy Gabbard over the, when I called Royal quest, I was like, okay, and that's going to be, she's going to be tough to beat. Uh, She's got Kyrie in the next round. Kyrie, you got to like her. Uh, You got to like, you got to like Julia. You got to like Saya Kamatani. You got to, I mean, it's for me, it's very difficult to pick, but whoever is going to emerge as the champion is going to, obviously earn themselves i'm not talking to you now leave me alone um is that me or you <laughs> no that was my friend. <laughs> well, who, who do you guys think who who have you who do you have sort of lined in as your finalists go ahead mr goodwin uh we've got a mayu versus Kyrie final um and we do think mayu's probably going to take the belt but i wouldn't be disappointed if we had Kyrie take it especially if it's going to be more of an international title as well you know and them defending it potentially in other promotions as well having someone having a big name internationally like Kyrie would be a really really good move but obviously if you give it to Mayu you know that it's going to be fantastic matches and she pretty much works herself into the ground for every single match whether it's a house yeah. show or not so I would I would be surprised if it's not one of those two yeah, she's yeah. a ta- she's a Tanahashi of uh, of stardom. She's she really the ace. Is. She's the go to. Yeah, yeah. I can't. You know, you if you put your money on Kyrie, I don't think you you can't be. That was sort of my first. You know, like okay, I definitely could see that. Uh, but it it goes on four or five deep. That in, in terms of realistic, mm-hmm. you know, finals matches, and that's not to say that somebody couldn't pull surprise and get there. But Momo, yeah. uh, I, how can you, you know, what the change of Momo and what she's done, uh, just, 
I just, yeah, because I can make an argument. You can make an argument for everybody, everybody. Mm. And, and we'll just see how we'll just see how the tournament unfolds. Yeah, we're the real winners. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're absolutely. the real winners. It's really heads you win, tails you win on that one, you know. <laughs> right. Um, at the JML underscore on Twitter, and it was a question you actually responded to on Twitter, Kevin. But I thought it was a really, really good question, and um, I thought people listening to this might like to hear your take on it. Um, in a previous interview that I heard, you said that you wanted the crossover show to have a big number to show the higher-ups that an English broadcast for stardom is a success. Um, what is the range of pay-per-view buys that would blow them away? Um, and you answered that on Twitter by saying it's not just about pay-per-view buys, but what sort of things are you hoping, apart from obviously more eyes on stardom which is what we all want what else are you sort of hoping for coming out of this and what else do you think it would take for the english commentary and things to come back i know that you've said it's already sort of wheels in motion right um i think what we're looking at is is uh over, kind of overall buzz and how that works you're looking at you know the numbers of replay buys after you know a uh, kind of a word of mouth thing. And then what I, I don't know, but I already, I think the, the wheels are in motion for this. So I don't know that it's a uh, quid pro quo that it has to do well in order for it to be, uh, you know, a given that we're going to do English commentary more, you know, frequently going forward. But, but obviously the analytics and, and the numbers will, will bear out, just how important this is and and what this is how much uh it all comes down to revenue mm. and if they can make money Business. doing this yeah. then they will do it and if they don't think they'll make money if it's a bomb which i doubt it will be then obviously we'll have to come up with a another plan but i think the success of what we've done with english commentary on on new japan world mm. related to directly related to the growth of new japan pro wrestling uh over the last decade can can get you to where you need to be with stardom. So I'm just going to, I know that obviously we've kept you for an hour and you're a busy, busy man having just got back from uh, Japan this weekend. So I just want to fire a couple of sort of quick fire questions at you, if that's okay, Kevin. Um, sure. So Dai on, I hope it's Dai and not D. It, it's spelled Dai on our Discord. Um, what's your favorite Japanese food? Oh, man. You can't go wrong with a chicken thigh from one of the convenies. Uh, that's always really good. You know, of course, if I'm sitting down to a meal and and somebody says, hey, uh, do you want to go to eat? Yeah. What are we thinking? Oh, we're going to go. Uh, we're going to go something inexpensive, you know, like, a, um, you know, a beef bowl type of place. Oh, OK, cool. You know, or are we going to have uh, Korean barbecue? Mm, yummy. Love that. Um I'm not much of a uh, fine dining Japanese uh, dinner eater, uh, you know, because that's a little bit of like, well, what is this? It's some sort of pickled <laughs> vegetable that's weird. Um, it, it's kind of blue. I'm not sure I want to eat this. Um, you know, that's that's always fine. Um, you, there's such a, a world culture in uh, Tokyo, for example, and, and Japan overall that you could pretty much eat anything, any type of food that you want. Um, you know, like upstairs, I had Yoshinoya the other night. Upstairs, there was a Singapore restaurant. So it 
I didn't know what was on the Singapore menu, but I was just going for Yoshinoya. Um, and you really can't you can't go wrong because you're going to find something that you like. Uh, food is very inexpensive there. Uh, it's the best time, by the way, to go because uh, the dollar to the yen right now, uh, USD is very strong. And as a result, your dollar goes a long, long way. And food is inexpensive to begin with. So like just the other night, I got a whole set meal at, at Yoshinoya and a couple of extra things to add in. And it was uh, 1,080 yen. And I paid with my credit card. And then I get the little notification that I spent like $7.50 US. <laughs> wow. You can get that at Panera Bread here in the States. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's a double. You get like a, you know, a half a sandwich and a cup of soup and it's nine bucks. So it, we, uh, yeah, so it, it's great. And, and I think that no matter what you do, you know, if you're going over there and you want to try something and you, you have ramen, uh, you, you're going to find different regional variations of ramen and different styles of ramen, but they're all great. They're all really good. I'm not a soba noodle guy. It's just, no. it's kind of like rope. I'm not, that's not my thing, <laughs> but um, yeah, I can, I can do with, uh, I'm very content to eat from uh, any of the convenies or any of the quick serve places or, you know, sitting down and eating a, uh, a, a proper meal as well is always good. Final two questions then from me. I, I don't know about you, Matt. Um, first of all, who is coming out of Wrestle Kingdom 17, the champion? Is it Switchblade Jay White? Is it Kazuchika Okada? Um, I don't know. With um, I can never vote against uh, the Rainmaker. Standing tall, you know, Antonio Inoki's passing and that it's going to be a tribute show. Uh, I just... I think the moment is going to be uh, too much for, you know, for Okada to not win. And I, I see him getting his hand raised at the end of the night, but it's going to be another, you know, incredible magical match, of course, but Okada is Okada. He's the, you know, greatest star that we've ever seen. Uh, He's going to surpass Tanahashi in terms of his championship legacy. And I think that uh, I think he gets his hand raised on January the 4th. Um, and then finally, your favorite place to commentate in Japan. Is it the Tokyo Dome or is there another one that sort oh, of... Geez. I was just back at Ryogoku last week for Declaration of Power, and yes. that was where we started uh, in 2015. So that place will always be very, very special to me. Uh, because of the seating configuration with the sumo boxes mm. uh, that people sit in, uh, the seats are very close to us at ringside they're right up on us and um i think that that you know that place will always be kind of like my home if you will um but you know if you go to the most beautiful arena that we've been to a modern arena which is picturesque uh is up in sendai and and that is you know we've had some events there that was the one that we were calling live, but not from Japan when they had the earthquake mid-match. Oh, and they had God, stopped. yes. I remember yeah, that. The scoreboard was swinging. Yeah. And everything. It was terrifying. So, so, yeah. But they have like the, the you know, the board going around the message board mm. with the lights and the names and, and every seat is pointed towards the ring. Dolphins Arena 2 in Aichi is another venue like that. It's an older building. Uh, the fans are red hot. 80 on Arena in Osaka. 
those fans are always going to tell you that that building has the best acoustics. Mm. Like you feel the entrance music in your feet. Um, It's just, it's great. It is super cool. Um, Tokyo Dome is special because that's where so many people will come for the first time, you know, because again, they hadn't been to Japan, but they're booked on a big show at Wrestle Kingdom. And they're just like, wow, (laughs) the whole time, you know, looking around and being able to wrestle in a stadium is, is super cool. Um, but yeah, just, just those venues. Uh, but we never have like, and there's some buildings that kind of stink because they're hot. Mm. Oh, and I'm melting, <laughs> you know, especially during the G1. I'm, I I've, I've got these like, I'm looking at the calendar and I'm looking at the schedule. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to melt that day. I'm not wearing a tie for that one. Oh, <laughs> that was going to be really hot. Oh, I may not wear pants. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. Some of them suck. Um <laughs> Because I like it, you know, again, I'm sitting here in, in my climate controlled house and I'm getting, well, I'm like, I got to open a window, you know, I'm, and yeah. they're always like, Kevin, you, you know, oh, please, Atsui, Aircon, Aircon, why it's, you know, and they've got jackets on. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Um, Matt, I don't know if you've got anything else you'd like to finish off on. Yeah. I guess just to round it up, not only to just the Tokyo Dome, but uh, Stardom as well. You did the commentary for the uh, Stardom match earlier this year at Wrestle Kingdom with uh, uh, Sai Kamatani teaming with Tam uh, Nakano to go against uh, the MK Sisters of Mayu and Starlight Kid. What was just the general reaction backstage? Because I know us as the in the Stardom community, the fan base, once that, you know, Sai hit the uh, the Phoenix Splash and got the three count, we all kind of rejoiced. Like, yo, those four girls, they did it on that big stage. Yeah. Was that kind of the general reaction? I wasn't there. We we did last year's from we remotely. Uh, but yeah, it was a. I looked at it like a sigh of relief, like I wanted that match to go so well, and it did. Both matches uh, did well both days, and just that it was history. That it was the first time, you know, that uh, it wasn't like a, a super secret dark match, uh, and and obviously having them come through big spot, big stage, uh, Sai gets the win. And it was like, okay, wow. Now we're ready for, we're ready for something big. We're ready for a big year. And it has been. Uh, and I think that that's what the historic crossover show is going to be uh, a launching point for, uh, for more. But again, two years ago, super secret dark match last year, both the tag matches on the uh, both nights of the, of the event. This year, Wrestle Kingdom IWGP Women's Championship match uh, with, you know, this historic crossover show on November the 20th. So it's incremental growth as everything is in in Japan and it's slow. Uh, You know, the rest of the world, nobody's wearing masks. Everybody in Japan still has a mask on. You know, it's like, what? there are no rules. You don't have to. It's not a rule. It's not a law. You you could breathe oxygen if you want. It's not going to it's not going to affect you in terms of COVID. No, they all wear masks until somebody at some point says do not wear a mask anymore. Then they would all take them off right away. They, <laughs> they love to follow the rules. The uh, there's a saying in Japanese, which I don't know what it is, but the American translation is uh, a, a nail that's sticking up. will always get hammered down. That's kind of the, the ah. Japanese philosophy of, of uh, culturally uh, nobody really wants to stand out and everybody does what they're told uh, for fear of uh, peer pressure and, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. Maybe but that's what we'll call it, the it, episode. It, <laughs> there you go. If, 
for fear of of sticking out. They don't want to. But, um, uh, man, the, the startup girls are definitely going to be sticking out, no doubt about it. And uh, I think it's going to be tremendous to see where all this goes. Um, Kevin, thank you so much for agreeing thank to you, do sir. this. Um, just to basically shoot the breeze about stardom. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us. We can't thank you enough. No, thank you. And uh, thank you, Matt. It was great meeting you uh, back in Hamburg and, and uh, getting to talk to you about all forms of wrestling, most importantly, stardom and where this goes. I'll be I'll be happy to check in with you guys from time to time. If you'll have me back, no problem at all. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank um, you. For everybody else, thank you so much for watching and listening if you are listening at home. We really do appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can check out the website, www.thestardomcast.weebly.com. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash thestardomcast. We're on Twitter at at thestardomcast. You can talk to me at at realrobgoodwin. Kevin, do you want to plug your social media handles? At Real Kevin Kelly uh, on uh, Twitter, also uh, Facebook fan page, uh, Kevin Kelly, look it up. And uh, pretty much that's it. (laughs) (laughs) And Matt, sign us off, my friend. Absolutely. If you guys need to get a hold of me, any questions, comments, anything I can do to help out, please let me know. I'm Matt Turner OF on Instagram and or the Twitter. Thanks, everybody, so much for joining us. Because remember, it's just not my podcast. It's our podcast because everybody's different. Everybody's special. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.